Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the UGA Sports Call-In Show. I'm your host, Paul Meharry, joined by my co-host, Jason Butt, and as always, Benjamin Choppy Bachman. Looking good in the Orioles jersey over there. Uh, he's been blowing up my DMs talking about Adley Rushman, who's hitting a cool 220 batting average now, but ladies and gentlemen, he's, he's the truth. He's going to be the next up-and-coming guy. Speaking of up-and-coming guys, Georgia just added three names to their commit list for the class of 2023, bringing their commit total up to 11 We'll break down each and every one of them, one of them being a kicker. And then Phil Steele came out with his 2022 preseason All-American list. There's a couple Georgia names on there that make sense, and there are one uh, that there, there is one that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But uh, before we get into that, Ben, you look you look hungover, but I bet you feel great. How was your weekend, bud? It was solid. It was a solid all-around weekend. Had a lot of fun. Yeah? Well, what you get into? Well, partying and enjoying myself for the first time in a while. Probably first time in like two months. There you go. There you go. Jason, you get a chance to uh, watch the U.S. Open, eh? I did, and I uh, profited 90% in gambling, so I'm very happy about it. Yeah, I I reverse ball. Yeah, the reverse ball. Yeah, I took a gander at it. Uh, I didn't. I didn't. I needed it, man, because I've been on a slide lately, and uh, so this this really helped me, helped the confidence too. I didn't put any. Uh, I didn't put any PGA stuff in. I did uh, make some good money on the Warriors in Game Six. So, uh, you know, for all those folks carrying on at home, we're starting to come back up into the green. Uh, we're not there yet, uh, but we are not as red as we were a week ago. So, um, guys, if you're watching, let us know where you're watching from. We always want to hear that. Put it into the comment section. We'll shout you out on the bottom of the show. And uh, also, of course, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, I don't have any kids yet, neither does Jason. Ben's probably got two or three that he doesn't know about. Uh, but, you know, we we don't have any kids yet, but we are children of fathers. And uh, happy Father's Day to all those out there uh, that are celebrating today. If you want to join the show, also, the link is in the description. So how do you do that? You click that link. It takes you through. If you're doing it on your phone, you've got to do it through Safari. If not, no big deal. Uh, but if you're doing it on your phone, you got to do it through Safari on Apple. If on Android, no problem. Click that link. You come into our studio waiting room. I bring you in and we talk about Georgia football, basketball, baseball, anything that you want to talk about. And uh, as we get going, Antoine Sampson says San Diego, California, that it's nice out there. Five o'clock Pacific time. And then uh, we've got Sue Walters watching from, uh, hello, looking forward to see the Bulldogs, Arkansas. She's watching from Arkansas. So San Diego and Arkansas. But Ben, Georgia's most recent commit, uh, well, I say most recent, they've had three three commits come in, and all three of them are not from the state of Georgia. The one that happened right after we got off air last Sunday on Monday was a flip up in your neck of the woods, up there in Chester, Virginia, Joshua Miller. What do we know about this guy? Well, Joshua Miller's actually a really underrated lineman. He was committed to Penn State, and Georgia straight up flipped him. He was actually initially really looking at Clemson prior to committing to Penn State. So he's not a guy that you look because of his ranking that, oh, Georgia's the rare school that got in on him. There was a lot of top power five schools in on him, and he worked out for Georgia first week of June. It was unreported. He worked out in front of the staff, and Stacey Searles and Coach Martin, those guys really loved his workout and said this guy could be a player here at, at Georgia, and they ended up offering him, and he ended up on the commit list rather quick. You know, I think he was a silent commit for a few days prior, and now he's on Georgia's commit list, which you look at the offensive line, um, with both their commitments are visiting other schools. I think Ryquees McElroy is the more likely of the two to end up in, in outside of the class. And then you also got to look at they want five O linemen. So they desperately did need to add something of stability to their offensive line class. And they got it with a quality player who could play all across the offensive line. Yeah, I was a little curious about that because Georgia's still going after some offensive linemen. They already have, you know, Jonathan Healy committed, Bo Healy uh, here in Georgia. They've got McElderberry out there in Alabama. And then you just brought in another kid, Joshua Miller. So you've got three offensive linemen. 
there's still pretty big names on the board. Who are they looking at to kind of fill the rest of that board out, Ben? Well, I would look at TJ Shanahan. I think right now myself, Blaine, and a few others, including some of the national analysts, have future casts on TJ Shanahan to end up at Georgia, who would fill at guard uh, tremendously. At tackle, you have uh, Monroe Freeling, which is a really interesting recruitment because I think right now you would have to go with Georgia and Notre Dame. But his status when it comes to Notre Dame and Clemson is kind of keeps changing. Clemson was the leader at one point. Notre Dame was the leader at one point. But both those teams are filling up with the offensive line. There's a belief that Notre Dame will have five offensive line commits and pick up another one at some point soon. Um, and that name not being Monroe Freeling. So they would fill up. And Clemson's looking like they're filling up pretty quick. They're going to have four or five of the line commits. And Clemson isn't feeling as confident. So I think Georgia has a real chance. And Samson Akumola who's the number two offensive lineman and offensive tackle, was just in town for three days on a midweek official. He's probably at the top to Georgia's board. I think he's the best offensive lineman in the country, in my opinion. He's pretty wide open, but he's visited Georgia. For being a kid from Massachusetts, he's visited Georgia as much as anywhere else. He doesn't visit that many places, but he's been to Georgia at least three times within the last calendar year, three or four times. And I think only Penn State's had anywhere near the same amount of visits. So Georgia's doing a good job there. And uh, I know they just had the offensive tackle from Denmark, I believe. Uh, he just officially visited. I can't pronounce his name. Olias. And, uh, Olias Eileen. Because, yeah, he, I know he had a good official visit, but I just don't know where things sit there. And then Madden Sanker and Connor Liu are both guys who are being recruited at center who could potentially wind up in this class, but their recruitment seemed pretty fluid. Uh, you know, speaking about offensive line, it's kind of – it's, it's always fun, right, with the new offensive line coach, where they go with that. Are they going for size? Are they going? And so, Jason, just so, you know, to bring you into this, I know you're not a huge recruiting guy, but Stacy Searles, Bo Hewley, 6'7", 290. McElderberry, 6'4", 325. Joshua Miller, 6'6", 323. So it seems like he has a uh, definite type that he likes. He wants those extremely tall linemen. Uh, then – Two of these guys are already over 320 pounds. I think it's more of a Kirby Smart thing because, I mean, you take you take a look at the kind of lineman Mark Rick had and Stacey Searles coached under Mark Rick. Mark Rick's lineman didn't necessarily top foul. Well, this isn't sounding good. <laughs> yeah, J- Jason's not sounding good. Uh, at the height and weight that, that these guys are topping out at. And there was an immediate change. Yeah. Yeah, there was. Hey, set, gonna, settle off there. Settle I'm going to right. mute Jason right now uh, and let him maybe come back in. If for whatever reason, his internet connection is a little shy today. Um He's going to – yeah, he's going to drop out and come back in. While we're doing that, before we get to the other two commits, Ben – uh, Maurice Walker says, happy Father's Day to everybody. Is Cottrell solid? Yeah, I haven't heard anything say Raymond Cottrell is going to end up elsewhere. He's actually recruiting for the class. And one quick yeah. thing, I forgot to mention Kelton Smith from Carver on the offensive line. I feel like he's he's probably going to end up at Georgia somewhat soon based off the tea leaves. So he, he's another so how many So how many guys are they taking on the O-line then? Uh, five, but I've just said some names that they're after because that, that's, that's what you asked, Paul. Yeah, you're, you're right. I love it. I love you it. Know? Uh, I the, listen to you. You don't think so, but I do have some respect for you. <laughs> uh, the next name uh, on this list, Ben, is a uh, is a name that we talked about. I feel like we've been talking about this guy for a long time, man. AJ Harris. AJ Harris uh, finally commits to the Dogs. We thought for a while uh, Georgia was kind of out of it, and this pops up, you know, almost randomly. Uh, and, and Georgia gets the number one player out of the state of Alabama, A.J. Harris, coveted by just about everybody in the nation. I think he had over 27, 30 offers, something like that. Uh, and just an absolute beast at defensive back. First uh, defensive back not named Justin Rett uh, in the class, but uh, second overall. What do you got for, uh, what do you got for A.J., Ben? Well, A.J. Harris is an interesting recruitment because he's really a Georgia kid. Um, he's from Columbus, Georgia. He lived a vast majority of his life there. His 
last, I believe, one or two years of high school ball have been played in Alabama. And it's been an odd recruitment because there were points where when visits opened back up in June, Ohio State took a lead. Clemson took a lead. Alabama was in a 1A, 1B situation, and Georgia and Florida had leads throughout. So it was like you had five different teams that at some point or another felt like they were the leader or they had as good of a chance as anybody. So usually recruitments, you can tell, okay, there are two or three teams that legitimately have a chance at a kid. This was five schools all felt like they were the team. And over time, I think getting Fran Brown changed everything because at the time Fran Brown was coming in, Florida was the leader. I mean, I believe they had, he had a commitment graphic that's now out there now that was committed. He was going to go to Florida yeah. and that got posted. I mean, if I made that edit too, I would post it. <laughs> I wouldn't want to waste it. Um, right. Good troll material, even though unintended. Um, but yeah. Georgia really with Fran Brown knocked the visit. I mean, knocked it out of the park for him, his official visit and everything. He was supposed to be at Florida canceled and committed the same day he was supposed to be at Florida. So for Georgia fans, I know for him growing up a Georgia fan, he actually, and one thing I was telling somebody throughout knowing the nature of his recruitment, I said, if you followed him on social media heavily, he would post a picture of sixth grade. He was at Kirby Smart football camp shaking Kirby Smart's hand. I said he posted that picture several times over the last year. I feel like every time you check social media, he had that picture up. And I said, there's something telling me that this kid's going to end up at Georgia because there's some there's some emotional parts to it. Yeah. I always think that he was very high on a lot of these coaches in the school, but that emotional aspect of Georgia, I think, was was a key factor that the other schools couldn't overcome. And also Kirby, he wanted to play for him, and who's also a DB coach. And people want to know why Georgia recruits DB so well. Their head coach is a DB coach. Their defensive coordinator slash safeties coach at heart is a DB guy who is a former SEC head coach. And Fran Brown, who's an ace recruiter. And Glenn Schumann's also done a little bit of work with DBs in his past history. It's a DB-centric coaching staff, and I think that's something that resonates with a lot of defensive back recruits. And for AJ Harris, obviously, it resonated a lot. Well, there's a lot of a uh, lot of great players in that defensive back for sure. Now for Georgia, and it seems a little crowded, but it's never crowded when Eddie from Ackworth joins the show, ladies and gentlemen. We four box it up, and we get Eddie going. Eddie, that's a heck of a house you got there, brother. That that four sided brick. Uh, it's just some columns behind me. How are you guys? Good. What's up, man? What's going on? Y'all doing good? I appreciate you letting me on. Yeah, man. What's uh, what's on the mind of the man from Ackworth tonight? Well, my first question is, Ben, where are you from? Because every time I see you, you're wearing a different jersey from a different team. You got Orioles on tonight. You got the Ravens behind you. Are, well, are, you, Baltimore. From, are you from Baltimore? I'm up here in Baltimore. Uh, okay. Are you from there? Yeah, I grew up here. Okay. All right. Well, I guess that's excused because I'm wearing my, you see, killed the narrative, the, the 2021 yeah. world champs. That'd be the Braves. Yeah. Tell them. Tell them. America against the Astros. Everybody was pulling for the Braves. Well, but but, but you can't, you can't pull for the Astros. I can't stand the Yankees. I can't stand the Yankees. Here, here's the, the thing, though, Eddie. Here's the thing is, is a couple of weeks ago, Ben, I wish I could screenshot and put it on the show. He sends me a DM saying the future is here, talking about Adley Rushman coming up for the Orioles. Like, that has anything to do with anything. And I said, yeah, well, we won ours last year. And he's like, no, but we've got it in the next couple of years. I'm like, buddy, this, what, what are we talking about? You know, talking about Adley Rushman, yeah. Oh, I don't mind the Braves at all. There's a difference. I don't mind the Braves. But the Orioles, you, you can't. They have the best farm system in baseball. Well, a farm system. Yeah, we did two, three years ago, and we got a championship. So I, yeah. I understand why you're excited. Yes, yeah, so, so that's my my point. If you had the number, like we had the number one pick this year, and we're either going to get, I mean, Drew Jones. I mean, I know Braves fans love Andrew Jones since his boy's coming up. So yeah, that's, but that's gonna be it's it's gonna be fun to watch that. Yeah, it'd be fun to watch him ruin his career in Baltimore. Um, but <laughs> I don't know if they're gonna pick him actually because they so, baseball drafts confuse me with the slot. It's yeah. just I don't know. It confuses me. Hey, hey before, you guys were talking about it before I came on about AJ Harris and and yeah, even like me like y'all kind of glossed over it. He, he, you said it, Ben. He's the number one player coming out of Alabama right now, right? The number mm -hmm. one player. He's and not. He's not. He's the number one player coming out of Alabama, according to us over at Rivals. He's a 27th ranked nationally player. Number two player coming out of Alabama is a quarterback committed to Clemson. Number three player, Jaleel Hurley, is committed to Alabama. Then you got to scroll down. You've got four through nine are uncommitted, but George is in on James Smith and Qua Rusaw that are in that list. Uh, and then Tennessee's got the 10th overall. 
Then you got to scroll down again to number 15. That's where Auburn's first commit shows up in, in the state of Alabama. And then Alabama doesn't have another guy in their state until number 18. So, I mean, it's there's a lot of guys out there in, in Alabama right now who, yeah, Alabama could land a lot of these kids, but it's a little crazy to see it so late, I guess, in the signing class now that it's because that that's, everything's transitioned to moving up so so fast and rapidly that they don't have but one guy in the top 10 committed to them right now in their, in their own state. Well, I, I think it's a huge deal that the number one player in Alabama is just committed. That's a big deal to me. The number one player in Alabama? Last time it happened was George George Pickens. Yeah. That turned out really good. Turned out great, yeah. He's pretty awesome, yeah, or was, yeah, no doubt. So can I pose a question to you guys? I'm very quick and curious to hear what Jason, Ben, and Paul all think about this. Who do y'all think is – the biggest impact on this year that is an incoming freshman for the defense? Go first, Ben. I think I know what your answer is, Paul. I might go Marvin Jones because I look at Georgia. I like Robert Beal really? and Nolan Smith, but I think Marvin Jones is an edge because Robert Beal is a six-year guy, and usually you don't see a lot of six-year guys in the program. And Marvin was a five-star who was top ten player in the country who's – I mean, he has big-time football bloodlines. His dad was a top-five pick when yeah. he was coming out of the draft from Florida State, I think, to the Jets. And you just see it down there. He went to the same high school as Tyson Campbell and Pat Sertain and those guys, and he's he was dominant. So I just know he's going to be ready year one, and I think he's going to have the ability to play year one, even though I know Paul or Paul's going to go different. Where 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 am I going to go, Ben? Tell oh, me, you're going to go Mike Williams, right? Because you're already hyping him up. I like Michael. I like Mike. There's a lot, dude. So like, this is a, this is a tough question. So I, cause I had to go back and look cause I didn't want to miss anybody. Right. There's a lot of guys on here that I can see. Marvin Jones is one to me that I don't know because wasn't he a, a later enrollee Ben? He didn't enroll early. That is true. That is true. That That's the, that's the thing that keeps me from Marvin Jones jr. Yeah, but is that really um, such an advantage? I mean, Malachi Starks came in early and he kind of had a rough, correct me if I'm wrong. He had a rough spring adjusting. Yeah. So uh, and I and I hate choosing secondary players because it never seems to tr like really work out for for those guys under Kirby. Um, I think him worked out, didn't he? Yeah, but I, yeah. but 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 besides him, who else can you name in the four yeah, positions? Well, in the last, I think know, in like, the SEC, it's hard to start your one as a DB. It just it's yeah. hard. I mean, if if you wanted to go DB, I guess you could go Dalen Everett. Maybe he was he was there. He, he had a decent spring, but I, I don't want to go DB. A bunch of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, Carl to Madden. Um, oh God, this is tough, man. Bear Alexander didn't show up till late. Sean Washington is like my sleeper pick. Oh my goodness. Um uh, do you have one, Jason? Because I, I still don't yet. Like I, I I have one, but I don't want to screw it. Sean Washington. I think I think I think Sean Washington. Um, yeah. I think I think Sean Washington. Why are you laughing? Well, I mean, last year you were against Brock Bowers, but your first Sean Washington. That's interesting to me. <laughs> well, actually, I will say one thing: Jalen Walker. I interviewed him a lot. That's SEC media days in his future. That's just sure, good but, of a kid. But that's but but Eddie's I, I, asking. But he's going to be he's going to be massive at Georgia. I just don't like the, like the inside linebackers. That's that's going to be that's I'm most interested about is the inside linebacker position, so that so he intrigues me. But I still am sticking with Marvin. But I'm just saying Jalen Walker long term is going to be the best of the bunch. Who you got, Jason? Why does he got to be on defense? Well, I'm going to get to the <laughs> offense. We got to start on one side of the ball. We'll go yeah. to the other side. C.J. Yeah. Smith. Why not C.J. Smith? I mean, uh, if he's if he's good, I mean, if he's healthy, like. I think that what when you look at Georgia's returning receivers, they got guys. They don't so you have skipped over the whole defense. You just said you just said screw yeah. your question, Eddie. You, the sure. question was who's the who's the most immediate impact player? And, and then you said on defense. Oh, defense. you did say defense. I, you know what? I I totally did not hear that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Defense. Okay. So if I we're like sticking it. with just defense. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. No, I'm with you. Like. I, I mean, I kind of want to just take, t like, roll the dice and say uh, Jaheim Singletary, but, um, like but you know, at the same time, I'm kind of with you. It's like, 
you know, will will it be a, a DB back there? I feel like in uh, at Georgia, it seems to be like there needs to be a couple of years there. I, I'll be honest, like it's a great class, but I mean, when it comes, I feel like any of these D linemen have a chance. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. which one rises and which one ends up uh, getting the getting that opportunity. I mean, whether it's Marvin Jones, whether um, on the edge or. or um, I don't know. So some, some Mike, Michael Williams or Christian Miller. I mean, I, I don't know how it's going to shake shake out up front when it comes to some of these freshmen. Uh, I think line. I think it's so tough too, Eddie. Just because, like Jason said, you look down this defensive side of the class, and there, I mean, so how many guys did they total total sign on defense? One, two, three, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen guys. There's probably twelve to fourteen that could be like that guy you know and it's tough i mean because this is probably ben this is this is kirby's best defensive recruiting class i would say so yeah i mean there's, I there's so. at least on the back end on the defensive backside for sure right? defensive backside but then you've got these these defensive tackles and edge guys i mean linebackers other classes like, have been more balanced in my opinion this one's more defensive heavy oh yeah oh, 2020 sure. had a lot oh, of the linemen had a lot of that actually was a really good receiver class 2020. I know Burton transferred, but talent wise, it was there. Um, 20, I believe it was 2018, with had everything they, they literally hit on everything outside of maybe D line. So, yeah, this is probably the one class I can think of. Like most of the five star talents are defense. So, I think defensive side of the ball, given what you're replacing and the talent, a freshman's gonna have a better chance on defense this year. Yeah, 20, 20 uh. 2018 was pretty stout. I'm looking at it right now. That was a pretty good class. A lot of transfers out of that class, though, and I would hate to see that out of this class too. But it's kind of what happens. So when you when you recruit such a high level class, some of these uh, lower guys just end up working out somewhere else. Otis Reese, things like that. 18 was weird because 18 had guys who would have had, I feel like, would have had opportunities, and they and these guys still left. And you know, Brenton Brenton Cox was a great example of a guy who played and just you know didn't. For for reasons we all know, didn't didn't work out at Georgia. I think Otis. I think Kate Otis Mays. Kate Mays is a weird Reese, one. I think that's yeah. one that we'll be regretting the decision. Kate, Kate Mays. I mean Otis Reese. All three of those guys, I think, legit had opportunity to play at Georgia, and they left too early. And then you look at a guy like Shane Tindall, who stayed mm-hmm. and didn't play that much and got drafted in the third round. Whereas all three of those guys, well, Britain's still in school. I think Otis might still be in school, and then Cade, you know is nowhere to be found. Cade was a starter for Georgia for two years, I think. Yeah, but I'm talking about now, like right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, but I'm Tindall saying Cade Mays is a really weird one because he did – I mean, he did play. Devod Wilson. Devod Wilson transferred, and he probably would have been – I mean, there's no doubt in my mind he would have been starting. He was a weird one too. I mean, yeah, he yeah, – I, I, I didn't wrong. understand that transfer. I mean, I guess it was what COVID and um, yeah. close to home. That was the, kind of the, the reason, but I, it just still – I mean, he was a guy who was going to play. And he was playing. Yeah. Nadab Joseph. Oh man, like I, I, I'm sorry we're getting off down this rant, Eddie, but we've gone down this road of going back to 2018. Nadab Joseph was like a kid that I was like, oh my god, this is the next big thing at defensive back, and just never worked out. Wow, I totally forgot about him. Holy cow, that would have been. Had you asked this question back in 2018, that would have been my pick, and I'm glad that we're in wow. 2022, and yeah. uh, we're not. So you want? So I'm guessing you want offense now, Eddie. Well, no, before well, we go there, Eddie, since ask me mine. Yeah, I was going to say, I was just going to say, since you're such a friend of the show, who is yours? I'm going to go with Big Bear. I think Big Bear Alexander, the way Kirby rotates his guys in, we saw it last year. I think Big Bear is going to, he's built like Jordan Davis. I know he's not quite as big, but I think he gets in that rotation and makes some impact because Kirby likes to do that on a defensive line. They're just constantly rotating them in. And I think Big Bear gets a good opportunity there. Dude, so so Georgia has two guys on their defensive line named their nicknames Bear and one's Rilla for Gorilla. Like that's pretty scary. Um, <laughs> you know, like you're you're two big guys up front. They both have nicknames that have followed them, Rilla and and Bear. So it's it's me against you again, Eddie. You've taken uh, Bear Alexander, the five star, and I've taken Sean Washington, the uh, the lowly three star, and uh, we'll see where it pans out. I I think he both of up the stakes, huh? Yeah, I don't I don't know about that. No, I'm not I'm not betting a stake on this one. You you <laughs> got me on this one. Um, offensive side of the ball, Eddie, we'll start with you, and then we'll work our way around. Oh no, start with Ben. I want to hear Ben on this one. Oh, okay. I'd go Branson. I think Branson's the easiest pick. I would give really? Ernest Green's really good, but Branson. Wow. 
because he has a chance, yeah. He could be the number I'm sorry, one guy. Seeing him, Paul, you saw him at that Rivals camp. That is a scary running back to look at. Dude, I'll tell you, I'll tell he's you, the number story. one running back in the country. You're telling me he's not going to get touches? I'll tell you, DeAndre story about Swift. Think about crazy number. About this real quick, though. Think about Nick Chubb when he came in with all. And I'm not knocking Nick Chubb. He is built like Nick Chubb. Is he? Is he not? I mean, he the way he, he looks, is. runs, he's built. And Nick Chubb so he, as a freshman didn't do a whole lot. It took him a, a year or two to get going. I think that's the same thing. You got Kendall Milton and Kenny McIntosh who are experienced that position. I think it's going to take up a lot of reps there. And I, I want Branson Robinson to get the chance, but you got a lot of people in there already in that running back room. And I don't know that he gets the chance that you think he does. Well, I just I, look at all the positions, and there's so many experienced guys who are likely to start. So that's what makes it difficult. But running back, because they rotate guys, he's yeah. going to have an impact. Because the one thing you got to look at is DeAndre Swift was – as a freshman played behind Chubb and Michelle. Right. So last year they used four backs a lot before a couple of those guys got injured. And I think Samir White and James Cook finally got into a rhythm, which I think a part of actually the problem last year with the run game was because they didn't really give guys a bunch of carries. They would give a guy a carry or two and take him out, which if George is doing the same thing, Branson's going to play by default. And he's that good. So I, that's why well, I would probably Andrew go Paul? with him. What about Andrew Paul? Andrew Paul is, I think, the next kind of Brian Herring guy. We don't know much about him, and and he comes in, and then you're like, holy cow, Brian Herring's getting all these carries. And we're like, well, yeah, we knew about him. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think he could – I don't know. To, to answer your question on offense, if I said nobody, would you, would you get upset? No, I wouldn't actually. Because I, I I'm looking down this list and it's not like it's a bad list, but I just think that there's there's they're stacked at wide receiver, they're stacked at tight end. I mean, Delp uh, could potentially, that, but there's yeah, three, and, uh, there's three guys ahead of him. He had a good Delp. spring game. He had a really Delp. good spring game. Delp's good. There's no there's there's no. I agree. Yeah, yeah. There's no questioning. Delp's good. It's just there's three guys, three pretty much close to all American guys in front of him. So unless injuries happen. I don't see Delp playing the offensive line guys. I don't see any Ernest Green. Maybe, maybe if you if you have a bad string of injuries. Other than that, man, I'm not, and I hate saying it, I'm not 100 sold on any one of the wide receivers. Um, they all have talents, and Munkin likes that. Munkin likes building around you know certain talents each one of these guys have, but none of them stick out to me like a George Pickens or, or heaven forbid, I mentioned Luther Burton on this show, but. You know, like Luther would have. So that's my answer is is nobody uh, yeah. asterisk asterisk Ernest Green. Yeah. Yeah, I just so I just so I'm gonna come back to my CJ Smith uh pick and I'm going to disagree. So tight end, I'm with you hundred percent. That's it's a ridiculous room. But I've said on the show before, receiver, they got a lot of great guys, they got a lot of number two guys, a lot of good guys. They don't have the great guy. If you're looking at this group of receivers who could come out and maybe be a surprise, I like him. And I think receiver is similar to running back in terms of uh, freshmen can can have have an impact earlier in their careers than, uh, than than many of the other positions. You see it all across. You saw it with George Pickens as a freshman too. So I I really do think that um, if I'm going to go with anybody, it's him. The reason I don't go with Branson is actually because of the rotation. I think that by design. I think he will get carries. I think he can wind up uh, being the goal line back when it's all said and done, kind of like Zamir was. But I, I don't see the the volume. Um, you know, I'm, I, I, I like – I do like – again, like I said before, I like Georgia's receiving group, but I think there's room for a game breaker. Is he that guy? I, I think out of anybody, he's the best chance. He's also got to be healthy. I know he has, he's obviously had the knee issue and, and wasn't full go at G-Day. We'll see how he goes in, in you know in preseason camp and everything, but that, that's my pick right now. You don't think AD Mitchell is going to be great next year? I think he'll be good, but I mean, there's he'll nothing that there's nothing Ooh. that no, I don't think he'll be great. I don't think there's anything that stands, and I don't mean it as a knock on the kid. I mean, he could prove me wrong. I just don't think there's anything that stands out that he is a game breaking type receiver, like a number one receiver in the NFL. I don't see that with anybody on the roster right now. I see a lot of number twos. It reminds me the guys returning. Remind me of that 2012 Georgia roster where they had a lot of guys go to the NFL and play, uh, whether it was Malcolm Mitchell, Chris Conley, um, Michael Bennett. Michael Bennett Bennett played a a little bit. He had one year, I believe, with the Bengals. 
Um, they had a list, so they had a lot of guys who, who had were, were possession slash, uh, you know, backups down down the. I mean, Chris Conley's made a great career in the NFL. Yeah. He's never been a number one guy though. That's what I see with with uh, Georgia's roster right now. I see a lot of I see guys who have potential to be in the NFL, but not as that number one threat. The guy is going to end up breaking the bank at some point in his career. I think Eddie with with AD. Before we get your answer on on yours. AD, I think a lot of fans were down on AD throughout the season a little bit. He had some drop passes, but he was also put in tough situations, man. Like sure. he was a true freshman coming in and, and playing and trying to, you know, man up for for the offense with a quarterback that some of the guys believed in, some didn't, you know. So it's it's it was tough for AD. Um, maybe this year will be a lot different for him, but I think that's where Jason's coming from. And and you ask a lot of fans, they're probably the same way. They're like, yeah, we believe in AD, but also we saw a different side of AD in the championship game as opposed to kind of where he was all season, where it was a drop here, you know, um, things like that. Uh, <laughs> Eric M says, uh, Eddie from Ackworth looks like he'd go into battle with a broadsword and cause destruction. <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the man wears medium shirts and just rocks out. I mean, he's just yoked up, man. Um, appreciate that, Eric. That astute observation. Uh, right there. <laughs> but who's your who's your guy on offense, Eddie? Well, I you know it's funny, Paul, that you said that. I, my I was going to say Ernest Green as well, but I, it's kind of an iffy thing, you know, on offense because we're just so loaded on offense. I think that's an absolutely great point that. Coming back on offense, I mean, where do you slot this guy? Where is he going to go? But I think we're, we're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to that in a minute because I know where we're going later in this show, and I got something to say about that. I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off, but 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 I think Ernest Green, just based off the way he came on in spring, he was really talked about. I I think he gets in there and has some impact, but it's not. It'll be minimal. I'll put it that way. That's this that's what be, kind of what you said. This will be a very fun class to go back to, just kind of like we did the four year ago with 2018 and see who on this offensive side of the ball not just defense because defense there's going to be man I, if i was to take a guess there's probably three maybe four first rounders on this defensive class on the offensive side of the ball though i really want to see who who steps up ben looks like he has been hung over for 48 hours are you all right are you with us are you okay i am with you paul okay i'm just asking but uh yeah I, i'm just curious on this offensive side of the ball who we look back on and we're like yep that kid was really good i think delp i think robinson can be and then um ernest green outside of those three though who's going to be that next who's that next tier um and and i it's I, all i, I be- disagree with you on delp i don't think delp does anything this year i just think he's gonna be no no, awesome. no 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 i'm saying i'm saying i'm saying looking back four years like we did 2018 if we 2026, we're we're sitting here. Ben's got three kids on okay. his shoulder for Father's Day special show. We look back, we're like, those are the those are the top three. After that, though, who's the next tier of guys on this offensive side of the ball? Because, I mean, I'm I'm curious who they will. I'm curious who they will be. Because uh, gotcha. I, I don't know. Alu Ba is an interesting one, but um, yeah. Eddie, do you want to stick around for this? Uh, have you seen Phil Steele's uh, preseason All American teams? I've read a little bit about it, but you need to fill okay. me in. All right. Yeah, you're going to stick around with us. Uh, Donnie okay. Wilkerson. Oh, you yeah, man. Eddie, you have a permanent spot in the lower lower left corner here, bud. Also, I don't want to steal any thunder. No, man. Uh, Donnie Wilkerson says, hey, all. Hey, guys, if you want to join us like Eddie does every week, the link is in the description. You can click it. If not, no big deal. Put your uh, comments into the chat here, and I promise you we'll get to them. Uh, if you're watching – let us know where you're watching from. That's always fun for us. Uh, when we started the show, we had San Diego, California. We had Arkansas. So it's always fun to hear where you guys are watching from. As always, happy Father's Day uh, to you guys uh, celebrating today. Wait, so we're going to go. A question. So yeah, yeah, how old yeah. are you, Paul? I'm 31. How old are you, Ben? I'm 22. And, and Jason? 36. You guys all have kids or not? No. No. no not no. yet. We're working no, every day. We're working every day. <laughs> My oldest kid is 25, so I don't want to hear any any crap from you guys. So, <laughs> Eddie, I'm not saying nothing to you, bud. You, you got arms that are bigger than uh, 24 friends. <laughs> I'm just saying, I got a kid that's almost as old as you guys, so it's yeah, kind of older depressing. than old Benny Boy up there. Yeah. Uh, Peggy Peggy says, uh, "How about Gainesville, Florida? Go dogs! There you are, Lee's over in Ella J, Georgia, celebrating that mountain air up there." And he also says, uh, uh, "Offense, I'm going with Branson. Defense, Malachi Stark." I like it. I like the picks. Will Dickerson, Trenton, Georgia. It's time to be a dog. 
And Lee says he's got a 24-year-old kid too. Ben, you're, you're outnumbered here. But getting to the uh, Phil Steele's 2022 uh, preseason All-Americans, Georgia landed a couple on the uh, – well, they landed one on the first team. We can all guess who that is, right? Brock Bowers. Um, Bryce Young is his first-team quarterback. Bajon Robinson, we talked about this last week. Texas, what's the draw there? Bajon Robinson is a uh, first-team Phil Steele All-American. Then you keep scrolling down, Eddie, and there's not a Georgia guy on the second team. There's not a – oh, oh, there is one on the third team from Georgia. Uh, his name for the offensive side of the ball, Warren Erickson. I'm sorry, y'all cut out for a minute. Uh, I, oh, yeah, repeat, repeat what you just said. Okay, so uh, sorry, sorry. So second team, no All Americans from Georgia. Third team, there is one. His name, uh, his name's Warren Erickson, Eddie. That's that's who Phil Steele has on his third team. Uh, on, the second player on Georgia, the, the only there's only two players on his uh, All-American team from Georgia, and he decided to pick Warren Erickson. I don't even know if Warren Erickson uh, is starting next year. Yeah, really. That's what I was going to say. I mean, so uh, that's what I wanted to come with. That's honestly, Ernest Green could be why Warren Erickson doesn't start. That would be the spot. I don't know how they if they have Warren, if they have Ernest Green at tackle. If they slide somebody in, I don't know what they do, but Warren Warren Erickson may not start. Like I, really, I don't think I, really, I think he might not start. I don't think he starts. So yeah. I don't understand this one. And wait, you said this is only offense. This is only offense. I'm okay, about to I was going to say because you said Jalen Carter didn't make the first three teams. I was going to oh, yeah. say this, this guy. <laughs> no, no. This, this, this offense shouldn't but, be talked about. It's just a guy throwing crap at a wall. But but Phil Steele is is pretty. You know pretty on with most of his stuff at least you know i like reading his magazines and things like that warren erickson on his third team it was uh a little wild to me so on the defensive side of the ball though how do you i didn't wait can i stop you right there how do you just gloss over broderick jones who came out there like an animal and, and played he started in 15 games am i not wrong about that cedric van pran you're just going to ignore him and put warren erickson in there what is phil still talking <laughs> about? warren mcclendon i mean like yeah I mean, exactly. <laughs> where does that come from it you makes no sense. Yeah, Reed Gilbert didn't make the third team at least for tight end. <laughs> no, no. I mean, there's outside of Bowers. Can you name two tight ends in the conference better? Uh, in the Arnold conference, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he didn't make it. He didn't make it. <laughs> Cameron Cameron to it. Uh, Alabama's pretty decent, I guess. Um, and I think he made a team. Let's see. Uh, yeah, he made the fourth team. He has and four then, teams. Oh my gosh! Yeah, he yeah, he's got four teams. Yeah, and there's only two Georgia guys on offense, and one of them being Warren Erickson. So, I mean, <laughs> at all, I'm not I'm not sure where Phil was going with this. I know he's I mean, got he, a lot he to got work. Benched in the national championship game. Correct. Right? They I took mean, him out. Yeah. They bump Sawyer and they put Jones at tackle. Which which we said all season long. Ben on the post game reaction show. This and they is what do it, and then they won the national title. That's and they won an Addy with it. Yeah, we're right, like, well, this I'll give you well, credit. I'll give you credit I, on. I that. would say, I would say, this all feeds more into the fact that Georgia is being completely okay. That nobody is giving them any chance because all those players went to the NFL. Georgia's done. It's a one and done, guys. It's it's Alabama from now on. We're done. They're just completely overlooking us, and I say that feeds right into what Kirby wants this year. Perfect. So Alabama has five guys on <clears throat> Phil Steele's four teams. And guess who made his third? Uh, no, hold on. I'm going to yeah, guess third. Jermaine Burton, Paul, because you kind of yeah. tipped it. Yeah, his, his <laughs> third that, team. That was, that was solid, Paul. His, his third team wide receiver is none other than Jermaine Burton, um, which I've said, and I'll repeat again, Jason, Georgia fans do not get discouraged when you see Jermaine Burton go for – a large amount of yards this year because he is going to be that guy for them. Yeah. You've got plenty of them uh, back home, though, in Athens. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball. First team, not a single Georgia player. Wait, 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 what? First team, not a single Georgia First player. First team defense? First team defense and Phil Steele. You're kidding. A, wait, no, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. You're telling me Jalen Carter 
isn't first team. Who are the who's who's ahead of him? I'm curious. I'm very he's got, curious. He's got Will McDonald from Iowa State, Brian Breezy from Clemson, and Miles Murphy from Clemson. All three are his uh, defensive linemen. And Jalen Carter's not did not make his first team. Brian Breezy did not play last year. He played <laughs> two games. I'm, 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 don't yeah, shoot the messenger, shoot the dude. Messenger, right, Paul? Yeah, yeah. Don't shoot the messenger, bud. I, I'm just really listen. I love Brian Brzee. I watched him play up here, yeah. but I don't know how you can make that pick. Yeah, it's so him um, not playing last year. Yeah, he, he doesn't have a single Georgia player on the first team. Then you go to Phil Steele's. Not even uh, to, to be fair, to be fair, I only saw the offensive side. I did not. You're getting my true reaction here on the defensive side. I have not looked at it. Um, second team, there's two Georgia players on it surely carter's one of them and shirley carter is not no wait a minute paul paul wait, no. wait a minute. I'm carter did make first team according to if you check georgia's post they put out jalen carter and brock bowers were both first team okay so then this is miss this is missing a guy then if you check georgia's instagram the post they put out they were first team okay thank god because i was scrolling down i'm looking for i'm looking for jalen ringo carter. did not make first team but carter did Okay, because I'm scrolling down, I get to the fourth team too, and Jalen Carter's not there either. I'm like, oh my god. Um, second team though, Keely Ringo, Chris Smith. Chris Smith, man, what a story this kid is! What a story. I mean, underrated, very underrated. underrated. I don't know if he was underrated, Ben. It was just one of those things where he came in in a packed class, and there was talk about him transferring. He stuck with it, and now he's second team All American. Um, that's insane. Third team, hey, nobody from Georgia. Can I say something real quick, Paul? Yeah. Say something real quick. I was thinking back last season, some of the biggest plays that got us to where we needed to be through all the games. And y'all can say, well, this is the biggest part. This is the biggest piece that got us there. I think it's Christopher Smith's interception for a touchdown was the biggest play to get us to where we needed to be of the year. And I don't you, think that's an exaggeration. Do y'all? No. no, you you literally read my mind. I was going to pose that question to the guys and put them on the spot. And my play was going to be Chris Smith uh, interception against Clemson. It's crazy. Yeah. It's the most Good important point. because if they if they don't get it, they go to overtime. Who knows what happens? Knows they what lose happens. that game. They don't go to the playoffs. Exactly right. Exactly. Yeah. And Paul, no wonder Kirby recruits DBs heavily. He started a season with a pick six and he closed it with a pick six. Yep. Yeah. And and it was from two guys that you probably would, you know, maybe expect one of them. You definitely wouldn't expect Chris Smith um, and Keely Ringo getting a shot out there playing outside corner pretty early in his career, too. It's just it's interesting, man. It's interesting. I'm glad you I'm glad you got me back, Ben, because I was scrolling through this and I was like, dear God, I don't see Jalen Carter. But really, only three guys on the uh, on the defense for Georgia. So. Phil Steele, it's it's that time of the year, guys. Is it Jalen Carter, Christopher Smith, and who else did you say? Keely Ringo. Was Ringo Nolan second or third team? Second. Second team. And Nolan Smith's not on it. Nolan Smith's not on there anywhere? No. I don't hmm. see him. Okay. Interesting. I do That's see a linebacker. I do see a linebacker on the fourth team from Troy, though. So watch out for him. He's going to be. Well, the Falcons will draft him next year. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, right after him, they'll get. Katie Davis from the linebacker from North <laughs> Texas as well. He's also a fourth team guy. Yes. Yeah. You do not want yeah. to get Paul started on the Falcons. That was uh that was an all-time rant on the Falcons. Clayton Davis says there's uh that's nothing. They had Georgia ranked 11th yes last year, so-called experts. Before we wrap up the show, guys, where where I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week. Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama. Is there any way that the experts put Georgia outside of the top four going into the season, or I mean, Georgia has to be in it, right? Yeah, yeah. we're talking about this, but like we're seeing it now. Like Eddie said, there's only a couple guys on on Phil Steele's first team. He's got Warren Erickson as one of the guys. So th these guys obviously are doing minimal research, you know, um, if if any, and and minimal research on the defending national champions too. It's kind of a slap in the face. You're not talking about Georgia, who went nine and three last year. You're talking about the national championship, and and you put Warren Erickson on a on an All American team. Um, so, is is this kind of the start, or is this the outlier? Is what I'm getting at with Phil Steele 
right it's here. The outlier. And he's he's got the pedigree. He's got the history. He's he's uh, been around the business for a long time. This guy, for uh, he's the first guy who's going to brag about how much how great certain picks were the year before, and not mention the misses. That's that's kind of Phil Steele in a nutshell. If if you've ever kind of looked at him historically, and um, he also likes to kind of shoot a shot outside the box. So I don't think he did do his. It, it, first of all, if you're one person, it's impossible to know everything about every team. I mean, you can pretend. And that's clearly what he's doing here. He's looking at, okay, Warren Erickson's been around for a while. Sure, he's probably the guy. And, yeah, no, he, he literally just picked one of, what, uh, was it th- four returning guys on the offensive line to to put <laughs> in there. And he, he picked, picked literally the, the worst one of them all. He picked the, he picked the one that got benched in the national championship. Yeah, exactly. So, um, hey, you know, good, whatever. He, I, hope, I hope he tells magazines, why not? Georgia was mashing them on the ground when he came out of the game. Yeah. You saw they were getting like that's really when Zamir White was getting like close to nine yards carry in the second half. Like I I this, don't understand that take at all. I don't is know. This, how is, this Phil, is this Phil Steele uh omission, if you will, an outlier, Eddie, or is this gonna be kind of the start to roll everything down for the dogs? And now Georgia's like you said, it was one and done. They're the next LSU. What's the narrative gonna be? You just said the last part you just said. I, I really think that's the narrative right now. And that's a stupid example, anecdotal. But I was at a tennis match yesterday and I had on a Georgia shirt and a girl said, go dogs. And the next girl next to her said, roll tide. And I said, we're the national championship champions. And she said, just one. That's what they all think. It's yeah. just one. Yeah. And it's a one off. That's what they think. And the media thinks the same thing because of all the players that went to the draft. Georgia's done. Kirby doesn't know what he's doing now. You know, he's he 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 got a one-off and he's done. And we just went through the list of the freshmen that are coming in on defense. I mean, we're freaking loaded, guys. Yeah, we're loaded. Actually, Paul, I do have a quick thing for you. So you on the Athlon All SEC team, how many dogs made it for All SEC? How how many teams are there? Four. Oh God, um, ten. More than that. Really? Yep. 15. Oh, under. 13, 12. Yes, 11. nailed it right there. 13. And they had all five guys, Bowers, Jones, Carter, Nolan Smith, and Ringo all made first do for all Stet- SEC. Do you have Stetson Bennett on the all SEC teams? No. I know Just if Roddy was on here, he'd have a he'd have a you know a hissy fit, but can I can I guess who Athlon has as their top four quarterback? There's an interesting one on here, in my opinion. Oh no, 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 no! I don't and want it's to not guess. Warren Erickson. Warren Erickson is not on this list. I don't want Paul guessing quarterbacks though on all SEC teams because I will. Don't know. will oh, I just have all the, solely the Georgia guys. Oh, okay, good. Oh, okay. I was gonna say because Will Levis is probably first team for sure. Oh, if you want me over Bryce Young. Bryce Young's first. Oh, well, but besides Bryce. Besides Bryce. Are you, are you aware of any of uh, Paul's uh, Will Levis take? He thinks he's that guy. He's that first-round pick. He's that superstar from Kentucky. Eddie, you're cool. yawning. Eddie, I'm telling you, we're going to look back nobody on this. agreeing with you, Paul. I think that's a that's a bad sign, according to my sources, myself. <laughs> I got I got the Athlon All-SEC team. Uh, second team is not Will, Will Levis. Who do you think it is? Hidden Hooker. Hooker, correct, correct. Third team's Will Levis. Third team is not Will Levis. Ooh, I don't know. If ooh, y'all get, y'all get this. Who is it, Eddie? Mm. This is a good one. I, I'm actually, I'm okay with it. It's it not should great. Be Will Rogers. It should be Will Rogers. It's not Will Rogers. It's not Will Rogers. It's not Will Rogers. Spencer Rattler. It's not Spencer Rattler. That's actually. Oh, KJ Jefferson. It is KJ Jefferson. Ah, uh, he dude, he, he's gonna have a solid season. He he's, he doesn't get talked about enough. He was and good. Then, and then Will, Georgia, but every other game I watched, he was good. It was good. No, he he was impressive. I I, I liked him a few of the games I got to see him. And then Will Rogers is fourth team. So Will Levis Will is Rogers. not Will no, Levis is Will not Rogers. on Athlon's uh, four SEC teams. Wow. Him and Stetson yeah. are equal, Paul. Very cool. Hey, speaking of speaking of four four seven eight dogs, Stetson had better numbers than Will. Talk, 
Okay. If you look at the numbers, he did. So I, I don't want to hear that of you, Paul. Jamel Wilson says, Rich. So here, here's, I like that. I'm too ugly for a profile picture. This is a profile picture. Um, <laughs> That's good. Shout out Jamel. That's good. Um, but no, here, here's a here's a funny thing. So Athlon Sports does not have Will Levis or Anthony Richardson as one of their top four QBs next year. But ESPN draft guys have both those guys going as top five quarterbacks next year. Somebody's got to be wrong. So I want to circle back. I don't. I think that. I want to go back to Phil Steele being a one-off. I don't think I hit it hard enough in terms of the just just talking about it from a media perspective. I don't anticipate national media blowing off, uh, blowing Georgia off the way that uh, the way that Phil Steele did. I know y'all are laughing. At Misspoke a little bit. Um, no, I, I kind of, you know, I I I I kind of agree with Eddie though. Like I I you think, think so? that, yeah, I I don't think that. Georgia's going to have to win another one before they mm-hmm. take Georgia serious. Yeah, but I, I mean, I, I don't think they're going to be flat out disrespected. Like they don't have a chance. They're going to come into the year as a top sure. three team. But, the, and, but but that also plays back, Jason, to there's not that many good teams this year either. Yeah, though. but they're one of them, and I, and there's nobody that's going to be out there that says that they're not in that category. Of course, of course. I, I just I just think that the narrative will be. Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia got theirs, but they lost a lot of guys to the draft. That's going to be their, their, their. And they played an they played an unhealthy Alabama. Yep, an unhealthy Alabama. That's what's out there. Mike Freeze says Aloha and Go Dogs. I'm guessing you're on the island, Mike. Send me a ticket. He's 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 a regular. Yeah, he's 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 been on in Hawaii. Oh, you know who made second team? Oh yeah, SEC. Kiers Jackson in the return game. Whoa, I was about to say. Okay, all right, I'll I'll take that. Oh, yeah, He's actually my okay. sleeper player for next year because people do not know he was very unhealthy. That's why they did not was, use him much yeah. at receiver. He was not healthy at all. They were right. really limiting him. If he's healthy, he was really good the year before. Like, that's a sleeper was. guy. You've we're got talking a lot experience. Of- if he's healthy, he's the sleeper pick for me of players that have a huge impact this year. you got a lot of guys that weren't healthy last year that can come back this year. Rosemary Jack St. Kieris, Don Blaylock, Arian Smith. I mean, you you can kind of take your pick on any of those guys, um, and and say that they're the sleeper. But Kieris, I think, is finally ready. This he'll be a senior. This is kind of his wide receiver room. There's nobody even. I don't think. Yeah. Well, remember Stetson loves him in the slot too. Two years yeah. ago, he was going to him a lot, and then That's last year he was hurt, and he didn't get the didn't get those opportunities. And Stetson prefers the middle of the field compared to when JT was more going uh you know outside uh you know on the sideline so I, I think i'm with you ben on the uh, Kyrus jackson really wh- whoever brock bowers obviously working the middle too so um yeah Kyrus jackson i think somebody who yeah if he does stays it, healthy he, he can have a, he can have a pretty uh, decent year does a wide receiver next year this question's for all three of you guys get over 650 receiving yards uh, probably not honestly brock bowers does yeah, well, tight end. Brock Bowers. Tight end, tight end, tight end, yeah. I'm talking about, Bowers, 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 Bowers. Bowers. I'm about true wide receiver. Okay. True wide receiver. Okay. Oh, no. I, I think uh, Mitchell could get close to the number. Like, if you told me Mitchell got like 550, I would not be stunned. Because how much did he get last year as a freshman? Like, he was five. Um, he was. Did he cross? I thought he crossed 500. Let's as see. a freshman. So you're telling me yeah. 650 with another year? That, that's Let's possible. See. Let's see. Here. I'm not gonna. I, I wouldn't bet it. I would bet the. I know he got last year. He got uh, uh, 29 receptions, 426 yards, 426. He didn't cross five. I don't know why. So I thought it was he within did. 200, and he was a freshman. Yeah. That's possible. Yeah, but but here's the thing though. Gilbert is going to get a lot of touches. The, oh, he wasn't true. there last year. Couldn't you and Jackson both, Paul? No, no. I because I don't think George. I think George is counting him as a tight end. So. We're going to count him how they count him on UGA, uh, georgiadogs.com. He's counted as a tight end. So. A lot of it will depend on game flow, too. I mean, if, if they end up blowing teams out again, they're going to run the ball in the second half. I don't think they're going to have the games like last year where opposing teams are limited to 14 or less or 16 or less. I just That's just unreasonable to, to think that the same thing will happen again. I still think the defense can do good things, but. Yeah, last year. I mean, that was just a once in a generation type defense that you know hadn't hadn't come around since two thousand one in Miami. So, um, but yeah, so game flow will be dependent on if Stetson Bennett has to throw the ball and these guys can maybe you know actually put up some numbers at the receiver position. 
It's going to be interesting. 650 is kind of my goal for a lot of these guys. I'd be curious to see if any of them, any of them hit it. Uh, anything else, guys, before we wrap it up? What are we, 73 days out? 72, mm -hmm. 70, 70. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. So we've got, we've got, you know, summer ball coming up. We'll start hearing rumors about the backup quarterback. That's always fun. Um, see who's shining there at that position. Uh, I am curious who who will uh, will see. Uh, oh, Jermaine came three yards shy of five hundred four seven eight dog sets. Okay. And Scott Anderson says seventy seven days out. So we're we're getting there. Um, <laughs> ben, tell us. <laughs> ben, tell us if Arch will be QB one in twenty three. Paul hopes not, because I get on his ass every day. <laughs> I think you. I, I, think, I would bet. I no, mean, I think everybody should hope that he's not the starting quarterback in twenty twenty three. It'd be hard to start your one. I know he's talented, but like, look at Brock Vandergriff. He has the talent. Look at Gunner. He has talent. But the issue is the level of competition they're coming from is really challenging. And even for like Quinn Ewers, who came from elite Texas football, I know he reclassed. He couldn't crack the depth chart at Ohio State. So like. I think it's really hard for most court Bryce Young, like look at like all these quarterbacks outside of like Trevor Lawrence did not start as a freshman. So I would, I would never bet on a quarterback starting as a freshman because if you have to start a quarterback as a freshman, in most cases, that's a bad sign in most, not all of them though. Coaches. It doesn't matter how good the quarterback is as a recruit coaches in general do not want true freshmen starting at quarterback. It's there's just so much to learn in that first year at the position. You want to have, experienced guys back there even if it's just one year of experience um speaking speaking yeah. about experience and kind of flipping the script uh desmond ritter has already learned the full playbook at uh the falcons training facility uh according to him and everybody else so we have that for us falcons fans uh it took him like a week and a half he's, he's already mastered the playbook you need and to tank right paul you have to tank right. That stuff's so overrated. Like these guys, when you're picking nine every year versus one, it it is a difference. Like the what, Falcons will be terrible, and then they'll win a few games, and then their pick will be like ninth. That's, that's because they're paid to play the game. They're putting tape out there. These guys don't lay down and die and tank for their regime. They don't give a crap about that. They're NFL players. They go out there and play and make a paycheck. The tanking thing. Is stupid. Players, players will never tank for that reason. Never. never. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, like you got me, you got me all the way messed up. If I'm a linebacker and you're like, hey, we're gonna kind of take it easy today, but I could go out here and put 15 oh, no. tackles on the board Paul, and Paul, Paul, you know, Paul, wait a minute. I'm not saying that the players themselves are tanking, the organizations are making decisions. We're gonna go with young players who aren't very good, build this up because that's why over time a lot of these guys are like, we got to get a lot of these older guys, these salaries off, build up our salary cap get potentially in good draft position so you could build this huge team. Because I've always said with the NFL, it's about having the best complete team. And if you have an elite quarterback on top of it, that's the team you pick. You want to have the best all around Jason, team. Jason, I'll say this. You kind of made a noise when Desmond Ritter was uttered by Paul. Yeah, I, I do want to follow up on that. But yeah, go ahead. Right, well, I want to disagree with you. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be the man. And I think he starts by week four. Okay, I was not going to go there, but I'll go there. <laughs> I was going to say about Desmond Ritter. All right, the the whole the whole idea of knowing the playbook. Of course, he knows the playbook. He's a quarterback. It's it's we we sometimes make it out like like this stuff is more difficult than it is. Like for for these football players, knowing the plays is a very simple thing. Like this is their job. This is what they've been doing for years and years and years. They're not dumb. Now, can they execute? Yeah. Can they do it in the moment? Can they get guys lined up when everything's when, when when all when it's live bullets and you got fans shouting at them? You know, on the road, can they do that? Now that's the part that's difficult. Knowing the stuff, it actually is not that hard. And having covered the NFL and having talked to players, that's the easy part of the game. It's the other. It's actually performing. That's where it gets difficult, and that's where you separate the you know guys in the NFL and why so many guys flame out after three and a half years. There, there we go. So speaking of flaming out, we're about to put the flame out on the show. Uh, and uh, um, we're going to take it on home, guys. I'm Paul Meharry. That's Ben Bachman. That's Jason Butt. That's Eddie from Ackworth. Eddie, you might as well just stay on with us for the summer, man. We'll just, I'll just send you the I'll link right when we get on, man. And, uh, and we'll just we'll keep, me, I'll do it. Thank you. Yeah, man, we'll, we'll keep you on for the summer because, like I said in the, the show topic, it's kind of the dog days of summer, guys. So we're trying to bring you as much content as possible. It's just – 
you know, we're picking at straws, but having Eddie here with us, bringing us little, you know, different stuff has really helped us out. So uh, we appreciate Eddie's jumping in with us. We'll have him on next week as well. Uh, guys, before you get off, go ahead and like the video. The podcast will be up wherever you get your podcast from early to uh, it'll be up tonight, but it'll be ready for you early tomorrow morning on your drive. in if you missed any of the show and as always, you can come back and rewatch it over on YouTube. If you're not a fan of the show, hit that uh, subscribe button and we'd love to have you as a My part new dog of to say hello. My new oh, dog. there we look at that little, look at that little thing. Look at that little guy. Uh, but no guys, yeah, we appreciate you so much. Thanks, Hit guys. the subscribe button, share, and we'll talk to you later.